We thank you that you've made it possible for us to have such an intimate, close relationship with you where we don't have to just call you Father. We have the privilege of calling you Daddy. We thank you that you love it when we just climb up on your lap and just hug, just bask in your love and in your presence. We thank you that you're a faithful dad. You do what you say you're going to do. You never go against your word. Father, we can depend on you. We might not be able to depend on anyone else around us, but we can depend on you because you're such a faithful God. Thank you for just pouring out your love this morning as we stepped out in faith and shared our love with you. Father, you've just lavished us this morning with your love, your anointing of love. Love that helps us love others. Love that helps heal broken hearts. Love that helps us forgive others. A love that drives out fear. Hallelujah. We just say thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. We are so privileged to have a relationship with the creator of the universe who runs the universe daily, second by second, but still is so concerned about each one of our individual needs. That's how personal you are. We thank you. Thank you that we can serve you. We thank you for the privilege and the honor to be called your children. And we just, each one of us, open up our hearts today to receive all that you would give us as our dad today. As we hold up our hands, Father, our hearts are open unto you. We just say, pour into us everything you want us to receive today, whatever it might be. And we receive it gladly because we know you love us. And we thank you. We pray this in your precious son's name. be seated and um, before I introduce our guest speaker I forgot some people that are very important Gwen Joanne and Bev where are y'all sitting don't be shy stand up these women where's Gwen oh (laughs) flashback Gwen stand out where they can see you okay These women were in the kitchen all day yesterday. They were here early this morning. They deserve, I know God will bless them, but let's give them a hand of applause. You did awesome. It was delicious. Thank you. Thank you so much. We appreciate all the hard work. And Larry's on sound. Ricky's on PowerPoint. I forgot to do all my thank yous before, so sorry. I figured as long as I was thanking the Lord, I might as well continue on the thank you mode. (laughs) Well, our guest speaker today is somebody really, really special to me. I've known her, a lot of you from, used to be Communion of Saints, now Abundant Life, know her from way back when, the 80s, and um, 
Pastor Gene. We weren't pastors then, but um, we are now. I've known you since the 80s, and I have to confess something, though. Why don't you come on up here? I've always been upset with you about something, okay? I'm going to make a public confession. When she was single, we started a singles ministry. Do you remember that? Yes. Her and I, single ministry. Then she goes and gets engaged to her husband now, Brad, and leaves me with the stinking singles ministry all by myself. I go, thanks a lot. You forgive me though, right? I have forgiven her, yeah. So she's an awesome woman of God. They've done uh, quite a bit of mission work overseas, which is my heart. But um, you're going to enjoy what she has to share today. So let's give her a warm welcome, Pastor Jean Lawrence, New Life Family. Well, it's a privilege and an honor to be here today. And um, how many are expecting God to bring us good things today? Yeah, we just need to open our hearts, right? And God will minister to us. And um, I actually, I also have some people I want to honor today. Um, My sister Linda, I want to stand up. She didn't know I was going to do this. (laughs) She's two years older than me, just to let you know. But, um, so thank you for coming. Usually when I invite her to come to things, she comes, and so it's, it's an honor that she comes. And then there's some people, some women from our church, so you guys want to stand up? Go ahead, come on. Be be, yeah, be brave. <laughs> yeah. So thank you for coming and listening to me again, besides that church. And so some of you may know me, like Karen said, some of you may not. Um, So I'm just going to talk first a little bit about some loves in my life. And so we can bring up that first picture. That's my hubby. (laughs) Brad, we pastor, we founded New Life Family Church in New Richmond. We've been there for over 20 years. Um, Still there. You know, you just keep on doing what God tells you to do until he tells you to do something else. Amen. And so we're still there. We were, that's a picture taken in Jamaica. We were there at the end of February, so that was fun. That's why you see the hairdo like it is. You know, the, the, photo, the photographer takes us to where, you know, it's blowing and everything by the Caribbean, and I'm like, what? Don't you know we had to have a good hair day? Next one. And this is my Maddie. She is my two-year-old King Charles Cavalier. Um, we lost a dog in August, and we had, had gotten her before that, and, which I was so grateful. Uh, if you've ever lost a dog, you know how painful that is, but she is a love of my life, and she makes me laugh, and so love her. Next one. This is our daughter, Lindsay, her husband, Andy. They've been married for three years, and my grand dog, I have to say that right now because I don't have any grandchildren, so I have a grand dog, and his name is Charlie. And I do take care of him during the week when she's at work. Like three days a week, I take care of him. So that's great. And I believe that's it for the pictures. Um, but I was born again when I was at the age of 16. And I got spirit-filled 10 years later. And it was actually with Pastor Dan and Claudia. That's spirit-filled with them. And... Um, So I've been saved for over 42 years. Yikes. (laughs) That's a long time. Or 47 years, I should say. And so, you know, I've seen God do uh, 
a lot of good things, a lot of amazing things in my life, in our lives. And, you know, he's brought me through uh, a lot of different things. And, you know, we all go through things in our life, don't we? A lot of, sometimes there are difficult things that we go through. But God is faithful. Amen? But the thing is, we shouldn't be surprised when we go through things in life. And, you know, it's like, well, why can you say that? Because Jesus told us. He said that in this life, and so we can look at John 16, 33. And he said, these things I have spoken to you. And before that, in context of this scripture, Jesus was talking to his disciples and he was telling them about how he's going to go away. And of course, their, their hearts are troubled and everything that he's going away. But he, then he's telling them also about the Holy Spirit. And he goes on to say, he says, but these things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. And that, world tri- that word tribulation there actually means pressure. It can mean oppressing. It means oppression, affliction, distress. It means trouble. Can you relate? <laughs> we do. We experience those things, don't we? But what does the end of the verse say? It says, but be of good cheer. For I have overcome the world. And I like the way it says it in the New Living, or the, uh, yeah, the Living Bible. Can we go to the next one there? He says, I have told you all of this so that you will have peace of heart and mind. Yes, Jesus. Peace of heart and mind. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but cheer up, for I have overcome the world. Cheer up. You know what he was saying? Get happy. Get happy. Why? Because he's already overcome. He's already overcome. Amen? And so we can relate. We can relate to all those things. And I like even in the Amplified, it says that he's deprived it of power to harm us. And so many times, as we can see throughout Scripture, that the Lord tells us to rejoice. And how many times do we not want to do that? Right? But he tells us to do that. He says, rejoice. And he even says that over in James, he says, count it all joy, brethren, when you fall into various trials. Yikes, Lord. (laughs) But that's what he's telling us to do. And so today, there must be something about this thing called joy. And so today, we're going to look at a message called the force of joy. And so he said that Jesus said that we'd have tribulations and trials and sorrows and, you know, why? Why is that? Why, why do we experience that? Well, first of all, because we live in a fallen world, right? Back in the garden when Adam and Eve sinned, sin entered, and so now we live in a fallen world. Also, we're not perfect. Ever made a mistake? And other people next to us. They're not perfect. How about when your spouse does something? (laughs) If you're married and your spouse does something and now you have to also go along with him on that ride of whatever that he did. (sighs) Come on. (sighs) I'm not the only one that happens to, right? And I can tell that my earring is clanging. Right, Deb? (laughs) We talked about this. I've done this before where I've Worn clanging earrings. I thought about that. And then it starts clanging. All right. 
So anyway, um, and then the biggest thing is we have an enemy, right? We have an enemy of our soul. Over in John 10.10, Jesus Jesus said that the thief, who's the enemy, comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And that's what he's trying to do in our life. But what did Jesus say? But I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. So no matter what, we always overcome, right? We're always victorious. But you know, when we go through things, when we go through difficulties and things in our life, all of those things can have an effect on us. And they can weigh on us. And they can cause pressure. And like what we said, uh, what the word tribulation meant. You know, the pressure, the oppression, the distress. And so all those things can weigh on us. And where does that happen? Where, where is that pressure? Where is that weighing? Where is that? It's in our mind, right? And our mind is a part of our soul. And so we're going to take a little side journey here. Um, this is a spiritual truth that the Lord leads me to teach on quite a bit. Um, when I found out about this spiritual truth, it greatly helped me in my Christian walk. It helped me when I was reading the Bible. It helped me to understand me and what I was going through. And uh, I'm going to do a little object lesson here. And, um, you know, Jesus taught. When Jesus taught, when he was here on earth, he used things in the natural to explain spiritual things. It just makes it easier to understand. And so I'm going to do a little object lesson here. And we're going to look over at um, 1 Thessalonians 5.23. So if you have your Bibles, you can look it up, or it's going to be up here on the screen. And he says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so we can see from Scripture here that we are a three-part being. The Scripture there says that we are a spirit, we are a soul, and we have a body. And so we are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. And so I have an egg here. And I told my husband, I said, I should have hard-boiled this because if I drop it, it's not going to be good. (laughs) So you all pray I don't drop it. But um, the very center of this egg is called what? The egg yolk. It's the very center. And uh, surrounding the egg yolk is the what? The egg white. And it's all contained in, in the shell. So it has three parts. Like we have three parts. The very center, just like this egg yolk, the very, is, is the center of this egg. The very center of us is our spirit. It's the part of you that when, if you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you ask him to come into your heart, he comes in the person of the Holy Spirit, and he comes into your spirit. And so that's the part of you that becomes born again the part of you that becomes regenerated. The Bible says that old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. And so that's the very center. That is the real you. Then the next part, just like here, where you have this yoke surrounding, 
The next, we have a part of us, we're called our soul. Our soul is made up of our mind, our will, and emotions. And that part, just like uh, sometimes those of you that cook, that bake, whenever you try to separate the egg, the egg yolk from the egg white, sometimes that's difficult, isn't it? Sometimes you maybe get a little bit of the egg yolk in with the egg white and blah, 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 right? Well, you know what? The Bible talks about that same kind of thing with us. Sometimes have you ever found that it's difficult to separate your spirit from your soul? You're going, was that, was that me or was that God? Well, guess what? So over in Hebrews, we can go there. It says, for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and a discerner of the thoughts and tents of the heart. So the word of God will help us to discern whether it's our spirit or our soul. Because you know what? We don't want to be led by our soul, right? Our soul is our emotions. And how many know as women, we can be led by our emotions, right? And we don't want to be. We want to be led by the Spirit of God. And so the more time that we're spending with the Word of God, the more time that we even spend, if you're Spirit-filled and you pray in other tongues, the more that you do that, you're tapping into the Spirit of God, just tapping into your spirit, the real you. And just like we said, okay, so this egg has an egg yolk, it has an egg white, and all of it lives, if you want to say that, or is housed in this shell. Well, so it is with us. The spirit, the real you, and your soul are all housed and live in this body. And so when I look at Leanne, and let me say this. So the spirit man, the real you, I, don't, I can't see that. When I look at Leanne, I'm not seeing her spirit. I'm looking at the house that she lives in. But I see her two eyes peeping out. That's the real her living on the inside, the spirit man. And so when we die, when we're born again, our spirit and soul go to be with Jesus in heaven. Where does our body go? Our body goes into the ground. And so when you look at me, you see the house that I live in. And so when I step out, when I, when I die, or even now, if I could, if I could step out of this body, my spirit would be right next to it right next to my body. And we would look a lot alike, except for that your spirit man is a lot younger looking. <laughs> Amen. And so we are a three-part being. And in the Bible, your spirit can be referred to as the inward man, the hidden man of the heart, the spirit of God, spirit of, spirit of your spirit, and the body is referred to as the outward man, the old man. And so it helps that when you're reading this kind of stuff, that it helps you to start seeing what is it that he's talking about. And get out to my notes here. And so the thing is, when we got saved when we were born again. So our spirit was the part of us that got regenerated, got saved. And have you ever noticed that 
after you were saved and even now, sometimes you can still have the same thought patterns that you did even before you were saved. And so what are we talking about? What are we talking about? That those thought patterns and maybe the same fears and maybe you fall into depression and all that kind of stuff. Where is all that happening? It's happening in our soul. It's happening in our mind. Right? And sometimes we can end up uh, with all that, I want to say, stuff. And it starts to get uh, stuffed in our soul. And so I heard a minister once say this, it's like junk in the trunk. (laughs) You ever had junk in your trunk before? I mean, seriously, in your trunk. I know a person who lives like that, junk in their trunk. And I'm not talking about their soul, I'm talking about in their car. (laughs) But when you have all this junk, all this stuff, you know, like even in your trunk, in your car, it's hard to wade through all what's in there. Right? same thing can happen in our soul. How does that happen? How does that happen with all that stuff that ends up in our soul? Lots of times by the things that we experience in life, either now or even before we were saved, all that kind of stuff gets lodged in our soul. We don't deal with it, right? And the thing is, too, that if we don't deal with that stuff, that eventually it can affect us. It can affect us uh, even in uh, uh, fulfilling the plan and the purpose that God has for our life. You know why that is? Because we get stuck. And you can't move forward. And how many want to move forward in their life? You know, you have a vision, you have a dream in your heart of where God wants you to go. But you know, sometimes that stuff will hold us back. And we can't move forward. And that's not God's plan. That's not his will for our life. And so we end up, he wants us to deal with the stuff. And so I know, because it happened to me. And I still, I, I'm, you know how many know that we're a work in progress? <laughs> you know? I mean, when we got saved, we didn't boom, like, okay, I'm there, I'm good. <laughs> no, it, and, and here's what I always tell people. You know, when God deals with things in your life, don't ever run from them. Let him deal with those things that are in your life. Because he's trying to bring you to the next level. Bring you to the next level. Bring you to the next level. And that's what it is. We just keep going from glory to glory. So don't ever run. Just let him deal with it. And so uh, back in, I think it was 1989, I'm not real good at dates, ask my husband. And so there was a time in my life that I was depressed. And um, we had moved to Tulsa so that Brad could attend Bible school. And... You know, I'm sure you've heard people say it before, but it is true, you know. Like when you, when you venture out, when you start going in the direction that God wants you to do, do you think the enemy wants you to do that? No. And so he starts bringing things. The things that we just talked about. 
the pressure, all the other things, the trials, the tribulations. And so that's what started happening to us when we were there. So I had plans. Uh, I was supposed to have an interview. Um, I won't, well, not to name names, but anyway. Uh, I had, I had a, supposed to have an interview with a, um, with a large church. I was going to work there for them. And um, it fell through. And I was going to work while Brad was going to school. I was going to support us. It didn't bother me. You know, okay, you go to school, honey. You enjoy being there, and, and I'll work. Well, the job fell through. And so all the things, and I know you've probably had this happen to you before. You have things planned. <laughs> and then life doesn't work out that way. And so the disappointments can set in and all that. Well, anyway... Then, uh, so we're having to do an adjustment there. And then I ended up, and I don't say, and like in a bad way, ended up, but I, I got pregnant, which we were believing for a child anyway. But okay, so now I've never been away from my family. I'm down in Tulsa. I don't know anyone, and I'm pregnant. And so Brad then ended up having to work some extra time, blah, 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 and it's just, and financially it wasn't good, and how many know that all, see, it's what I'm talking about, it's like all those things start piling up, and they start to have an effect on your soul, right? And how many know that lots of times what we do is we go into autopilot? And so what we do is we sort of shut down our soul, because you see, I got to get through this. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. Until um, we moved back home. And that was like in 1994, we moved back home. Because we were going to start a church. And as we were back home, things are settling down. And all of a sudden, all those things that I had gone through start to surface in my life. All those things in my soul. And I got depressed. And I say this, and I always say, you know, I did not share it with anyone. I didn't even tell Brad. And I don't recommend that. Why I did that, I don't know. I just kept it between me and God. And I started to seek him about what was going on with me. And he started teaching me about my soul. And during that time, um, there were, uh, you, know, you know about the revival of joy, the revival that was happening with Rodney Howard Brown and Basil Howard Brown. And they were also down at Tulsa, down in Ramah. I attended the several of the meetings there, and um, during those times when I was there, for me, when I were in, was in those meetings, and I would see other people laugh, and I'd see the joy of the Lord on them, I cried. I cried. One time when I left one of the last meetings at Ramah, I walked out, and I'm just bawling. And I said, God, what is the matter with me? What is the matter with me? Why does everybody else laugh? Why does everybody else experience the joy of the Lord? Why am I not? 
that was just the beginning. So, you know, we're, we're at home and then here's this depression and all that. And, but I have to say that, see what God was doing? What God was doing, he was doing a work in my life. He was already doing a work in my soul. He was already dealing with the things in my life. And so we get back home and we get up here and there are revival meetings up here. So we're still going to the revival meetings. But now I'm experiencing just a little bit of joy. Okay, I'm good with that, Lord. (laughs) And so one of the last meetings that I was in, and they had people come up and, you know, you can get prayed for. And so, okay, I'm getting prayed for. And the power of God hit me. And I fell to the floor. And it, felt, it literally felt like, I, I just like to say, like a torpedo had hit me. I didn't even know what it was. And as I lay there, I started to laugh a little bit. And... Uh, This is what's so funny. You know, when, and this is what I'm saying, where you have to understand, you know, spirit, soul, and body. When God deals with you, he deals with you in your spirit. Not in your soul, not in your body. No, he's he's dealing spirit to spirit. God is spirit, we are spirit. He deals with us in our spirit. And so your mind, so my mind, as I'm laying on the floor, so I... My mind's going, i got to get out of here. <laughs> Our minds are goofy. They really are. And so I, I tried to stand up, and as I was trying to make my way out the door, the power of God hit me again, and I fell to the floor. And my husband told me later, he's going, because he... He goes, my wife is very prim and proper, and she would not do that (laughs) in and of herself. So he knew, there's something going on with her. And so I laid there, and it was almost like Holy Ghost surgery, because it was whatever that final root was that had to come out, it was like there was this depth in my heart of where I I cried, and it was like he put that out, and he filled me with his joy. You know, sometimes it's hard to explain spiritual things when things happen to you, but that's what happened in the best of the way I can explain it. And I'm laying there, and again, I'm laying in front of the main door. People are stepping over me (laughs) as I'm laying there. And my mind is going again. I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. But I knew God was doing a work. So I get up and I'm laughing. And I mean, I'm laughing and I'm laughing and I'm laughing. I get in the car. My husband's driving home. And Lindsay was like, I don't know, nine, ten, whatever she was. And she's looking at me, and she thought, you know, kids, kids love the presence of God. You know, and that's one thing that I have to say. You know, the, and they're not intimidated. They love, they jump in the river. It's like, okay, God, what are we doing? But, you know, in, 
in revival meetings, the presence of God is there. I love the presence of God. There's nothing like him. And you know, it's, the Bible says that in his presence, there's fullness of joy. Fullness of joy. So Lindsay, she's thinking this is just fun. And she'd go over and she'd lay hands on me all the time. I was on the back seat and she'd go, filled, filled. (laughs) Of course, then I'd just be laughing even more, just laughing, laughing. And so I'm laughing all the way home. I'm laughing as I'm changing my clothes. I'm laughing, laughing. And here goes my squirrely mind again. And I'm going, I said, Lord, am I going to be like this forever? And he said, I sure hope so. But you know, that was just the start of the deliverance, whatever it was, that happened to me. And you see, then I had to yield, I had to continue. And so, when I would be by myself, uh, sometimes at night when I'd lay in bed by myself... And I, whenever the Holy Spirit, see, this is the thing. Part of, your, part of our deliverance, part of our freedom, part of whatever it is, is that you've got to follow the Holy Ghost. You've got to do what he's telling you to do. We've got to do what he's telling us to do. Amen? And so, when he would lead me to laugh, I'd still yield to that. Yield to that. And... Um, you know, the Bible says over in, I think this is our next scripture verse, unless I'm like way off my notes, but yeah, oh yeah, here I am. <laughs> it says, a merry heart does good like medicine, but a spirit dries up the bone. A merry heart, you know what it means? Happy, joyful. It means, and it says, like medicine, you know what that means? A cure, a healing, what? A merry heart. So every time he'd leave me laugh, you know what I was doing? Taking my medicine. And here's the thing. If you, and you know what? We're not against doctors. If you're on medicine, okay. God brings healing different ways. You know, wherever we're at in our faith, right? But there's divine healing, yes? That's perfect. Who wants to be on medicine? We don't really want to, Right? And so I take several doses a day. <laughs> I probably overdosed. <laughs> but what was he doing? So just like in the natural, we take our medicine. The Holy Ghost says, "Take your medicine today." And so I yield to that laughter. And if you've ever been depressed, um, it's a it's a darkness. It's a sadness. And you don't want to be there, you know. And so, sometimes you don't even feel, you don't even have strength. You don't feel strong. And so I just kept yielding to that laughter. And finally, and I I don't know how long it was after, you know, months or whatever. But I remember one night, we were laying in bed, Brad's next to me, and he's sleeping, and I don't normally interrupt him or anything, but I'm laying there and I said, God, Lord, I'm getting stronger. 
And he said, yes. And the joy of the Lord is your strength. I said, yes. And I'm, I, I hit Brad and I go, Brad. I said, I'm getting stronger. I said, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Yeah, okay, honey. <laughs> but I was. What was I doing? I'm walking out of that junk. But see, sometimes things can get ministered to us and minister because it's ministered to us in our spirit and you got to walk it out. It may not happen overnight. Yes, there's instantaneous healings. You know, that's a miracle. But sometimes when healing or whatever does minister to us, minister to us in our spirit, we got to walk it out. When you're prayed for, you have received, you are healed. Amen? But we got to walk it out. We don't want to turn loose of all that. And so let me get to my notes here. And so we yield to it. You know, the joy of the Lord, the joy, actually. You know, and here's the thing. You know, I remember when Basil Howard Brown said, you know, that he, I mean, he was in, was it Africa or Australia? Where did he come from? South Africa. Okay. And so the, the Lord's talking to him and said, you know, you need to go to America. He goes, go to America. Why? He goes, because they need joy. Because <laughs> he started having this happen to him when he was there in Africa. And the Lord instructed him to go to, go to America. He's like, okay, God, whatever. Yes. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Joy. What did Jesus say? In this world, you'll have tribulation. You'll have the stuff. He goes, but cheer up. Yeah, you get happy. Get joy. The very thing that our flesh doesn't want to do. You know what the very thing that our flesh wants to do? It wants to complain. Right? Get this stuff going out of our mouth. I know. I've been there. It's good to have a husband that says, what are you saying that for? <laughs> right? And so the joy, joy is already a fruit of the Spirit, right? Over in Galatians 5, love, joy, peace, patience already on the inside of us. But I think, <laughs> I think God sent Basil here to give us a jump start. Because <laughs> the joy is already there. But it, the whole thing is, where, where is that pressing? Where is that stuff happening? In our mind, in our soul, that's what's holding us down. Amen? And so it's, it's these thoughts. Hey, and I'm not an expert on, you know, maintaining my thoughts. I, I'm getting better. But we have to watch. All, I mean, when I said to, where's Karen? When I said to Karen, yeah, I'll come and minister. Do you know, from the time I said yes until now, I mean, you wouldn't believe what I went through. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you know what I had to do? I had to watch this thing up here. Don't ask me again. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but it's true. And so you have to watch these thoughts up here. If these thoughts, over in Philippians 4, think on these things. If these things, these thoughts do not line up with the word of God, out. Right? So he talked about the fact that God's word is like medicine. You know, there's nothing like God's word. 
But you know, God's word and his spirit are one. The Holy Ghost will never lead you apart from the word of God. But how many know we not only need the word of God, we need the spirit of God. We need both, right? All of you sitting here today, the Holy Ghost knows exactly what you need. I don't, but he does. And he can minister to you, even right where you're at. Amen? We're going to look over at um, uh, Proverbs 4. It says, My son or daughter, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are what? They are what? Life. Life. His words are life. Life. You know, every time that you read this word, you're taking in life. It's ministering life to you. He said, for they are life to those who find them. And what? Health. 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 Health to all their flesh. I was so, uh, so blessed. Um, uh, one of my spiritual daddies is Brother Hagen. You know Brother Hagen? Yeah. I loved him. I was privileged to work for him. When Brad went to school, I actually worked at the ministry. I loved working there. I loved working for him. And the whole thing is, that was always in my heart. The Lord had told me when I, after I got born again and somewhere else down the road there a little bit, he said, one day, this is all he told me, he said, one day you will work for a large ministry. I thought, oh, I wonder how you do that. <laughs> then I met Brad. He wanted to go to Rama. I end up working at Rama. Yeah, I loved it. Anyway, I meant to say, um, so I, I have this little devotional that I get from uh, Rama. And in the devotional one day, it, it had said this. He was talking about health and healing. You know, Brother Hagin's big on healing. And it said, uh, he said this, According to the New Strong's exhaustive concordance of the Bible, the Hebrew word in verse 22 translated health actually means medicine. In other words, this scripture actually says, They, God's word, are life unto those that find them and medicine unto all their flesh. Medicine. So you know what? When I'm reading that word, it's, it's ministering healing to me. And I don't care what area that you need it in. I also know that there was a time uh, that I had gone through some fear. That's another yucky thing. And... Uh, I'll even say this, I, uh, I experienced panic attacks and everything. And I knew my only way out was through the word. And so I'd get up. Sometimes I'd get up in the middle of the night. <laughs> Two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning, I'd get up and I'd go out and I'd sit in the couch. And I'd just read. I just read the word and read the word and read the word until I would fall asleep. And I would do that night after night after night after night until I got free. It's that word. 
that word, that word, the word of God will set you free. The word of God will minister healing and health to your flesh. God is good, amen? So we're going to end with this. If you look over at James 1. In the first part of this verse in James 1.21, it says, Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to what? Save your what? Soul. Soul. Your mind, your will and emotions. See, over in uh, Romans uh, 12, Romans 12, 1 and 2, be transformed. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) We've been helping each other today. (laughs) Uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2. What does he say? He says, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do I renew my mind? You know, you know what that literally means? It means change the way you think. Change the way you think. How do I change the way I think? By the word of God. That's, this is going to change the way I think. I like the way Brother Hagin always said. He goes, it's, it's called stinking thinking. <laughs> Remember we talked about before you got saved, you can have the same thought patterns. That's stinking thinking. If it doesn't line up with the word. See, and the more that we spend time in the Word, our minds start being transformed. We start changing the way that we think, the way that we see things. And that, then your soul starts lining up with the Spirit of God that's on the inside of you. And then those two, you want your soul and your spirit to agree. And then you know what you do? Then those two are in charge. (laughs) And then they tell your body, shut up. I don't feel like going to church today. I don't care, we're going. But I'm tired. I don't care, body, we're going. I don't want to pray. I don't care, we are praying. See, but if your soul, if your mind isn't transformed by the word of God, then your mind will side in with your body. The body says, I don't want to go to church today. The soul goes, yeah, I agree, let's not go. I don't want to pray today. The body says that. The soul goes, yeah, you're right. I don't want to pray today. I don't want to read the word. You see, the spirit, your spirit, your born-again spirit wants to walk with God. But it's your soul and your body that don't want to. But your soul, your soul will do what it's trained to do. Your soul, when it's lining up with the word of God will come in a majority with your spirit and you will walk in the spirit. Right? And so that word there, save your soul, that word save actually means to restore, to make whole, to renew. And so if you have damaged emotions, if you have gone through things or whatever, you can be made whole. You can be restored. Sometimes I've said it like this, that you know how your body can get sick, right? Your soul can get sick. Mm -hmm. And you can be made whole. Let's go to the next one. 
It says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. Brother Hagin was always big on this. He always said this all the time. Help us, Lord, to be doers of your word. You know what that means? That means we act on the word. We do what it says. Because if you don't, let's go on to the next part. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. Next one. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty, it's talking about the word of God, and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work or a doer of the word, this one will be what? Blessed in what he does. You know what? When we do the word of God, there's blessings that go with that. We were just talking about that this morning at our table. You know, when you give to God, Claudia was saying, you know, you can't outgive God. You know, we give to God, and guess what? He multiplies it back to us. And what? We're blessed. No, there's, sometimes we don't like to hear this word, but there's blessings in obedience. Ever found that with your kids? <laughs> there's a blessing for you if you're obedient. God's the same way. He's a good daddy. And why does he do all that? Why does he do all that? You know what? Because he knows the kind of life we can have. And he wants that for us. He doesn't want us to settle for anything less. Just like as a parent, I see our daughter and I never want to see her go through things. I never want to see her get anything less than the best. Guess what? If I feel like that, God, our Father, wants even more than that. Amen? And how many know as women, we're his specials? (laughs) Right? He loves women. He loves us. And you know what? He knows that we have this crazy soul that's full of emotions. And you know what? He loves us anyway, but also he knows that, guess what? That part of us can also be a hindrance to us. And so he wants us to be whole in our soul. Amen? And so, I choose joy. And lots of times, even when I still go through things, how many know, we know we never escape going through things. We just don't. We live in this world. And we have an enemy, just like what I said at the beginning. But I have learned the Holy Ghost. I love the Spirit of God. I love the Holy Ghost, and I am so grateful that Jesus asked the Father to send us the Holy Spirit, the the third person of the Godhead who lives on the inside of us, who will never leave us or forsake us. And you know what? His name is Helper. He is my Helper. And so when I go through things, I immediately go to him and I say, God, help me. Holy Ghost, help me. And lots of times, you know, I'll start praying in the Holy Ghost. I'll start praying in other tongues. And you know what he has me do? Guess. He has me laugh. And so guess what I do? I yield to that laughter. I yield to it and yield to it. 
And that's what we do. That's what we need to do. We yield. We yield to the Holy Ghost. Okay, have you, you know the yield signs out in the, out in the um, streets? You know, if you see a yield sign, what does that mean? Give way. Give way to that car. Give way to the truck. Give way, whatever it is. You know what? That's what we do with the Holy Ghost. We give way. He's trying to do something. Because you know what? He's a gentleman. You've heard this before. He will never make you do anything you don't want to do. But what's he trying to do? He's trying to help us get to where we need to. And so guess what? Whether I feel like it or not, I laugh. We were with Dennis and Leanne. They, were come, they came to our church and we were praying. And I don't know what Dennis was, we were talking about and whatever. And Dennis was talking about something. And all of a sudden he goes, and you know what? Here's what I say. Ha, ha, ha. Yes. Yeah, so the Holy Ghost knows. And so what is he trying, what is he doing? What's he doing in my life? He's helping me to stay free. He goes, oh, no, you're not going back there. <laughs> that depression, all the No, 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 no. What's he doing? Helping me stay free. Helping me stay free. But I got to yield to him. I got to do what he's asking me to do. Amen. Amen. Let's just, um, I'm not sure where the Holy Ghost wants to go at this point. So let's just um, bow our heads. Jamie, is Jamie still here? If you could come up and just minister. Hallelujah. Let's just close our eyes and Let's just let Jamie just play and let's just see what the Holy Ghost wants to do. here today, Father. I thank you, Father God, that you love us. I thank you, Lord, that you are the lover of our soul. That, Lord, that you created all three parts. You created us body, soul, and spirit. And you love all three parts. And you've made provision for all three parts. And, Lord, I know that, first of all, in order for us to even enter in, that you said we must be born again. 
And so I want to give that invitation that if you, you've listened to all this and listened to other people, um, and, and you know that you have never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. You have never asked him to be that way. You never asked him to forgive you of your sins. And you're saying, God, I want to have that relationship with you. I want to have a relationship with you. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you, if that's you, then just lift your hand so I can pray for you. Just lift your hand up. just all pray this prayer together. You know, even if you are saved, we can pray it. Pray it again. Those of you, maybe you're not saved. Maybe I missed a hand. Maybe you're saying, I I want to. I just didn't want to raise my hand or whatever. But let's just pray this. Say, dear God in heaven, want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. I know I can't live my life without him. I believe that he is your son. I believe that you raised him from the dead. And so Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of my sins to come into my life to be my Lord and Savior and I thank you Father in Jesus name Amen and now uh, maybe there's some of you here today that um, maybe after what you heard maybe you're having a hard time and maybe you'd like to have me pray for you certainly would love to lay hands on you, minister to you. And so I'm just going to give that invitation. If you would like me to lay hands on you, you know, you're going through things, maybe you've gone through depression, maybe you're dealing with fear, uh, or maybe it's something you want me to agree with you about. If it's, if it's any of that, you know, I just open, open it up and Karen, they can come up front. So, if, it's, if any of you would like that, I certainly would love to minister to you. Well, I won't. God will. I'll be the vessel. <laughs>